the Daily Dose, Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. And he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me, I called you. I called to you from the land of the dead, the Lord. And the Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. This mighty waters, the mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. But you, Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Jonah has been running from God. God had given him a message to bring to the people of Israel, sorry, to the people of Nineveh. Uh, and uh, Jonah has got up immediately in response to God's word, in response to the prophecy being given to him. But don't get your hopes up. Don't get the wrong idea here. He's not got up to uh, go as God has sent him. Uh, no, he's got up to run, thinking that he can run and hide from God. He gets on a boat. Heads down into the hold and goes to sleep. God sends a storm. And the sailors recognise that this is supernatural and eventually they find out that the storm has come because of Jonah's sin. And on his instruction, he's thrown from the boat. The, the, the sailors must think he's gone, he's dead. Uh, but God has planned for a great fish to be there. It swallows Jonah. Jonah is transferred from the belly of the boat to the belly of a fish. Uh, because God had an appointment planned with Jonah. An appointment with a fish, but more importantly, an appointment with faith. An appointment with him. And God meets Jonah there in the belly of the fish and Jonah Jonah prays and not just prays Jonah sings effectively a psalm here what incredible words I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me from the land of the dead, it is 
almost as though Jonah is dead. This is this is a place that will bring death to him, and he is separated from God's people, separated from safety. He is as good as dead. And that's where he calls out to God from. The Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. Maybe even the suggestion there that death is not even uh, at the point in the fish. It's sooner than that. It's the exile from God's land, God's place place of his manifest presence. Jonah is recognising that all of this is what God is doing and it's God doing these things even though they are deaf to him they are for his rescue. The mighty waters engulfed me I was buried and then all of this language about being dragged down so low. Notice uh, verse 4, Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yeah, but it's Jonah that's run, isn't it? And yet even in his running, he recognises that God has moved him uh, to this place where he will, this place where he will know what it means uh, to be away from God's presence, uh, represented by uh, the temple. Driven away, and yet, Lord, I long to, I will. I, I've got hope that one day again I will see your temple, that I will be back where I should be in your land, looking at the place where sacrifices are offered, where, uh, where your name is honoured. Glimmer of hope, even as he sinks beneath the words, waves, verse 5. As the waters are covering over him, this death-like experience, uh, right down to the roots of the very mountains, verse six. Imprisoned, gates locked shut. You know, imagine the jaws of that fish or a whale slamming shut. Jonah is trapped. Caught by the jaws of the fish, but notice, you, O oh Lord my God, snatch me from the jaws of death. Because, verse 7, even as his life is slipping away, verse 7, even as death is coming, he remembers the Lord. He cries out a prayer directed towards Jerusalem, to the temple, as that place that represents God's presence and God's peace. And an acknowledgement here, verse, verse 8, that there must be worship in the true and living God, that worship of false gods is to, rec is to reject God's mercy and grace. Jonah instead makes a commitment, I, I am not going to worship idols, I will offer sacrifices to you, songs of praise, and I will fulfil all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone, and a recognition there that God has called him to do something, and he may not have worshipped Baal, and he may not have worshipped idols, and yet his heart has been idolatrous, because his heart has rejected God, and yet now he turns to him. And so there is Jonah's uh, prayer 
want you to notice a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, again, that reminder of, of how Jesus uses the story of Jonah and says, there are pointers towards me, just as uh, Jonah was in the, in, in the fish, in the belly of the fish for three days, I will be in the grave, in the belly of the ground for three days. Jonah that brings a message, a sign, pointing forward to Christ. Uh, Jonah here exper experiencing death and resurrection. Secondly, we may identify with him. Uh, there have been times when I've wanted the ground to swallow me up. And there have been times when I've been so overwhelmed by what is happening to me and what is going on that it's felt like it is swallowing me up. It has felt at times like um, like death. I remember as a child having such an overwhelming asthma attack that I thought I was dying. Maybe you've experienced that through physical health, uh, through depression, that you've just been overwhelmed. And it's feeling like you are being sucked down. And maybe that's exactly where you are now. Do what Jonah does. Pray. Cry out to the Lord. The other thing I would remind us of is this, that if Christ likens himself to Jonah uh, dying and being buried before rising, well, we are in Christ. That's the message of Romans 6, isn't it? That we, if we are to be saved uh, like Jonah, for Jonah to be saved from death, he had to go through death. And so for us to be saved, we have to go through death to die to our old self so that we can rise to new life with Christ. So there's a question for you and me. Have you died to sin? Have you put your trust in Christ? Are you allowed your old self to die so that your new person can rise a new creation in him then the lord ordered the fish to spit jonah out onto the beach Jonah is rescued, he is saved, he has experienced death and resurrection. It's fascinating, isn't it, that through the Old Testament, that is what we we constantly see death and resurrection. God's people, Israel, die and are raised. They are sent into exile and brought back again. Uh, Jonah, the prophet, experiences death 
exiled from God's presence, buried in the whale, and brought to life again. That pattern of death and resurrection is there so that it points to Jesus as the one who will die and rise once for all saviour. In Luke 24, Jesus on the road to Emmaus is uh, talking with those two disciples and beginning with Moses, he shows how all scripture points to him. And given he's already said this in his teaching ministry, you can imagine the point where he gets to Jonah. But do you get it yet? Oh yeah, Lord, you talked about Jonah. And you said that you would die and be raised. That just as Jonah was in the belly of death, so you would be too. And Jesus is, yeah, that's right. Jonah points to me. As we saw in yesterday's Daily Dose, not that they are identical. Jesus is faithful and obedient where Jonah is disobedient and rebellious. Jesus doesn't run from God's purpose, but walks in it. Jesus goes willingly to the people that he is sent to. And we will see later that unlike Jonah, Jesus is filled with compassion. Even though those who hear him, unlike those in Nineveh, reject and rebel. So there is Jonah pointing uh, to Christ, to his death and resurrection. Uh, there is Jonah, the example for us of the one who cries out to God in repentance and turns to him at his lowest point and finds salvation. And by the way, just for interest, Jonah is the prophet sent to Nineveh. But primarily the event of his life, the story is being told not for the Ninevites. They did hear the message, obviously. Uh, no. The message is for you and me. Uh, but first of all, it would have been for the people of Israel and Judah that, uh, that quite often a prophecy is given for other people. Uh, and sometimes those prophets read Amos, for example, or Ezekiel. They don't even go to the people who the prophecy is uh, to. Because first and foremost, the prophecy is for God's people to hear. The story is for God's people to hear. The story of Jonah is the story of Israel, a nation called by God, called to be a light to the Gentiles, called to be good news. But not just refusing to bring that good news to others, but running from God themselves. And so just as Jonah on the run from God experienced that 
exile from God's presence, just as he experienced death and imprisonment, destruction. Uh, so that will come on Israel. In order that God's purpose will be fulfilled. We've, we've just been looking at Romans 11, haven't we? Uh, Romans 11 could have Jonah's story in mind. That if God hardened Jonah's heart and kept him constrained, imprisoned, uh, well, that's language that Paul uses in Romans 11 to say that uh, we are imprisoned in our disobedience. And God could use Jonah to bring good news and hope to Gentiles in Nineveh. Uh, well, so too, God would do that with Israel. Uh, through Israel's exile and death, life would come to the Gentiles with, as we saw in Romans 11, that purpose that one day too, they would be provoked to jealousy and be caused to turn uh, to him, to turn to Christ, to turn to Yahweh. God was at work through Israel in order that the good news would come to you and me, that God's purpose will be accomplished. So some final thoughts for you and me. Will we learn the lessons of Jonah? Will we see the warnings? Will we appreciate how far God has come? How far God has gone? Uh, God the Son taking human form, coming with good news, but also dying and rising for us. Will that warm our hearts to him? I hope so. And will we be... be both challenged and encouraged as we see how God takes us on a journey, often through uh, roundabout routes, uh, those roundabout routes, uh, uh, one at the same time being caused by our own rebelliousness and wandering, uh, but also because that's the route God is going to take us so that he can speak to us, so that he can work in our lives. Do we experience those uh, mini deaths and resurrections along the way? so that God can work grace in us? And are we available to experience those things so that God can use us to speak to others and draw them to repentance and to draw them to himself? There I say this, God was going to use Jonah as a witness and God was going to be glorified through the life of Jonah. Whether or not he chose to cooperate with the expressed explicit purpose. God will be glorified. God will work through our lives as a witness. But will we choose to resist that and experience the roundabout route or are we ready and available like an Isaiah ready 
to go and to be sent and to serve him. Uh, well, thanks for listening in today and we'll pick up the rest of the story tomorrow. <laughs>